ago, there was a time when we had fire and brimstone creatures, and they would come hard. I mean, they would come at you. They would speak to what happens when you don't follow and are obedient to God's word. I'm really challenged and disturbed that what I see in the lives of those who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior, I'm seeing them being aligned with choices that are not of God, choices that are clearly in the line related to the world, and in other words, in relationship to faith. See, many Christians would never say to you that I entertain uh, with Satan that I participate in some of his organized um, events because we just can't see that in our lives. We'll often say, oh, I know I fall short of the glory of God. Everyone does. But Christians aren't to willingly put themselves in a place where they're straddling, where they say they serve and love the Lord, but yet their life reflects a life in the world. It doesn't go together. I say this because this direct effect that Christians are choosing to live their life um, unseemingly not related to Satan and his cohorts, but if we just stop and look at what we see, then we should, should and maybe come to an understanding that honesty is needed in our lives today. And I make reference to, I just heard a comment from a young mother and wife, and she literally said, we thank you for your sympathy and love during this difficult time, because she tragically lost her husband. Then her final comment was, he's going to be sent out good. What? Okay, am I missing it? Am I putting too much in it? He's gone. The, the, the way of you sending him home, that'll be a front and a show for other people. God has already taken him, and he's taken him because of the choices that he made. The choices that did not line up with the will of God, the revealed will of God, and the word of God. This is what I mean. We allow ourselves to be in relation, to be aligned with those that choose not to live the way God says live, but yet we fully are a part of it. Somebody needs to pick up. And the thing is, the Lord is bringing the attention to us because we're seeing it and, and it's affecting us. But are we doing anything about changing it? And I say this because it's, it's very crucial for us to be mindful of how our life looks before God. Because if we're very mindful of how our life looks before God, then we'll live a life that is pleasing to Him and righteous before others. I was reading in Genesis chapter 3, right at the very beginning. It says that the serpent was the shrewdest of 
the wild beast or the wild animal that God had created. Oh, I mean, he was clever. He was cunning. He could talk in such a way where one would be transformed to believe that they had power over God. And I say this because, again, in Genesis 3, 1, it says that he was so shrewd, he made his way into the garden, just paraphrasing. And he asked Eve a question. Now, we're just going to stay here in Genesis 3, 1 for a moment. First of all, he's so bad. He He rolled up and came up in the garden. Now, mind you. God placed Adam and Eve in the garden. He knew he needed to keep them in a protected environment. This is what I want to say is that the enemy can show up in some of the areas that God has intentionally placed you and you can still become lost to knowing that God is with you. Okay? So, here we have Eve. serpent comes up to her and he asks her, God said you didn't eat from that tree. She said, no, God didn't say that. God said that we can eat from all the trees. We just can't eat and touch the tree in the middle of the garden, the tree of good Let me see, let, let me, let me kind of open the door and just tell you that where sin is creeping in. Faith through the image of the serpent, put doubt in the air. Eve, in her unawareness or her vulnerability, answered the enemy when he questioned her. Then in her answering, she lost. Because if we go over to Genesis 2.16-17, at the God had blessed man that he would rule the earth or he would have to God told Adam, he said, you can eat of the trees in the garden, but that one tree you do not eat from. God never said don't touch it. And people that throw that in there, that is not what God said. He said don't eat from it. If I'm not going to eat from it, I'm not going to go hear it. That's what the Lord said. So here it is again. We come back to eat. And the the serpent approached her um, intentionally because of her lack of knowledge and her lack of relationship with God. Mind you, all Eve knew was God. And she had only spent time with God and her husband and in the garden. So she had always been in a blessed place, a place of paradise. Not a problem. Not a problem. But Eve still was weak and vulnerable because she gave conversation over to the enemy. And I want us to look at this in our lives today as Christians because do we really know who we're conversating with? Because hidden agendas are real. There are hidden agendas that lead to life. And there are hidden agendas that lead to 
destruction and death. And this is what we want to look at real quick. We want to look at this hidden agenda that the enemy had orchestrated, that he had put in place and chose specific person to trap them that they might be led to destruction. So as we go back to the conversation, the enemy has Eve telling the story because in Genesis 3.3, when she explained, no, he didn't say we couldn't eat from it. He said we can eat of the trees, just don't eat from the tree in the middle uh, and don't touch it. She lied. Doubt came in, opened the door to lie to the blood blade of life. Remind you, she was still in a place of paradise and they were still well protected because yet Adam had not been affected yet. And this is where we have to look at our lives today as Christians. There's a reason that the serpent or Satan did not go to the head because the head had power. He had authority. He had dominion because God had given it to him. Unlike 